Hey everyone, welcome to the Warrior Podcast of Oz. This is Jared Davis. And Sam Malazzo. And we're talking about one um, particular um, sort of misguided, vain, loose adaptation of The Wizard of Oz, so to speak. That's putting it nicely. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about the 1925 Wizard of Oz silent film by Chadwick Pictures, a comedy film for for director actor Larry Seaman, mm-hmm. who um, was also married to the Dorothy in this. Married? Yes. She's like, what, 20-something? Yeah, 20 about that, so I've read. Yeah. This is a weird adaptation. Apparently, uh, Frank Joslinbaum, L. Frank Baum's oldest son, helped write the script. I'm not sure what input he had, but... Or how much. This movie is crazy. I first saw this film just like, at the same time as the 1914 Scarecrow of Oz film, on the same dollar DVD. And the synopsis for this film on that DVD had an odd scenario, had an odd synopsis, and it went as this. This original 1925 version of The Wizard of Oz is slightly different than the MGM version starring Judy Garland, but it is every bit as entertaining. In this film, which was adapted from Elfman Bomb's classic story, silent film legend Larry Simmon is hilarious as the Scarecrow and Oliver Hardy... Lowell and Hardy, is wonderful as the Tin Woodsman. On her 18th birthday, Dorothy finds out that she is the rightful heir to the throne of to the Kingdom of Oz, and she must travel there to claim her throne. With the help of the Wizard, the Scarecrow, the Tin Woodsman, and the Cowardly Lion, Dorothy must overcome the wicked ruler of Oz, who is doing all he can to keep her from the throne. As in all Bond's classic stories, good triumphs over evil. Slightly different. Good triumphs over evil. Well, the but the synopsis for the World of Oz DVD is a little bit more accurate. In this silent slapstick version of Elfenbaum's classic fairy tale, a toy maker, Larry Simmon, tells a bizarre story about how the land of Oz was ruled by Prince Kind, Bryant Washburn, but he was overthrown by Prime Minister Cruel, Joseph Swickard. Dorothy learns from Aunt Em. Mary Carr, that she was left on their doorstep as an infant, and she is actually Princess Dorothea of Oz. She, Uncle Henry, and two farmhands are stripped to Oz by a tornado. They land in Oz, where they encounter a variety of interesting characters in the grand search for the mysterious wizard, Charlie Murray. That is still putting it nicely. Mm. This movie is just, oh my gosh. Um, yes, it, okay, I guess we might want to mention how there's at least two different film prints of this available. They're shown in different ways on DVD. The one that's mm-hmm. on the Warner Brothers set, it has a proper opening title and a little introduction dedication from Larry Simon Simone. I'm not sure his last name is pronounced. I think it might be Simone. I sort of um, think it's more like Larry Simon, like Lemon. Maybe. 
Although um, that would be another good way to describe the film, sort of. It's sour. It leaves... It, it, if you're a big Bond fan, it leaves you feeling sour. It's like, oh... <laughs> what did they do? If you thought... Uh, it, it, some people say a certain MGM film really messed up the movie. They haven't seen this one. The other difference is the running length. On the Warner set, it's just under an hour 15, like an hour 11 or so. But on the um, dollar DV, like beforehand, it's in black and white, not restored. It has narration, that bubbly music, yeah. and uh, it's just one hour 35 minutes, despite I... missing a few scenes or shots yeah. on the Warner set. Yeah, it it's the frame rate difference I've mentioned before. Um, yeah, so I can definitely tell that the Warner has set has a really has a higher frame rate. On the other hand, I don't want to spend too much longer watching this movie, mm. so I don't really mind personally. I suppose accurate for accuracy, maybe the longer, maybe the cheaper sets are more accurate, but. I don't care. When I first saw this film, like years ago, back in 2005, um, I kind of liked it sometimes. Like, I'm not saying it's a great film. I'm not saying I really like it. But it does, for a bad movie, it does have a few good points. If it wasn't called The Wizard of Oz, if it had no Oz connection... It might actually be a really great movie. Mm. Aside I, from the racism. Mm, the stereotypical inus. Yeah. Which yeah. was... Mm. Which were uh, well, however, however, it's um, correctly spoken. There's also a lot of slapstick. Several scenes go for almost five minutes making jokes, which may or may not work. Um, slapstick comedy, like cartoonish violence, a lot of antics with runnings, chasings, stunts, all of that sort of stuff. And, yeah, just some things that could be easily cut. Okay, and I first saw the movie on VHS in that box I was given, which, yes, I'm thankful for because it is a piece of Oz film history, but on the other hand, whoa... But since it's Oz, we're doing it. So Oz helps with bad stuff, even in, even with its own bad material, I suppose. So does a nice cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the film story opens with a little girl. Hmm? She looks a little bit like the Dorothy in the film. I don't like the watch. He's wearing like the little girl, but um, well, this is the closest we get to Bond's little girl Dorothy. Yeah, the little girl is kind of dressed a bit like a flapper, and you're like, is that really appropriate for a little girl that to be wearing? I mean, I know this is the 1920s, but still, it doesn't look com- it doesn't look comfortable on the eyes. It's like, hmm, um, are they sure about that? So her grandfather, who's also played by who's played by Larry Simone, whatever his name is pronounced. It's easier to say just Larry, not the full name. Okay. 
from from henceforth he shall be called Larry because we don't want to bother with the last name. And he's making toys based on Dorothy, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Woodman. I guess the Cowardly Lion gets no toy love here. Mm. Yeah, the act is treated pretty badly in this film. And she asked him to tell him the Wizard of Oz story. And she has a copy of the book there. So mm. he starts reading to her. But the story he tells, you have to wonder, what book is this? Did did a, something must have gone horribly wrong at the printers because this story does not resemble L. Frank Baum's book at all. Mm, not really, no. We don't get any mention of an Emerald City, Munchkins, Gillikins, Quartlings, Winkies. No witches. No, certainly no witches. Um... None of that, really. Just um, a palace, these sort of peasants, and slightly more of a government land. I'm not even sure we can call it a fairyland at all. There's no magic. It's mm. kind of sad there. But one of the things I do like is is its stylized pages, like its oriental design of architecture. That's not too bad. It's not... It's not it's too not bad. The art. No, but it's um nice. It's got a bit of its charm there. Oz, this place, whatever it's called, is being currently being run by Prime Minister Cruel, who had somehow taken over from Prince Kind, K-Y-N-D, hmm. with Lady Vicious and whatever his name, Wicked. Ambassador Wicked. Yes. But what's so vicious about her? She doesn't do anything. Yes, we're just told she's there, but she doesn't do anything to plot. And thus, we can never mention her again. Well, mm. She comes in and out of scenes, but does nothing. Nothing at all. We're just told she's a bad person, and that's it. Mm. Um, yeah. For, for a good name, that's bad underwriting of a character. Anyways, um, the people of Oz are upset because they want their proper queen back. In order to keep the people quiet, the Prime Minister Cruel brings out the wizard, played by Charlie Murray, and he summons the Phantom in the Basket, who's played by uh, Frederick Covert, who's a guy in drag. Yeah, but he looks very much like a woman. Yeah. But, but I suppose with all that makeup and the pulse. I kind of like this wizard character. He is in the service of a bad guy, but... He is not bad himself, like the wizard. Um, the wizard does do good things in the end. He's funny. Um, he kind of has that sort of doctor approach sometimes given to the wizard, but I've seen worse wizards, and he is not one of them. Yeah. He actually looks an awful lot like John O'Neill's take on the wizard. With the glasses, yes. Yeah. So this might be one of the best this might be the most the uh, wizards ever looked like Neil on film. Unfortunately, not it, in character. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not Bomb's wizard. So he looks like Neil's wizard, but the character is not Bomb's wizard. So you're like, what on earth? Well, th- this is Bomb's wizard, but it's not the Bomb's wizard. This is mm. Bomb Junior's wizard. Or is it? Do they, do they just write a version of the script and then they rework the heck out of it? 
Hmm. You never know. But now we, but now the girls helps us, the little girl in sewing. She says, "Oh, tell me about Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Tin Man." And we're all like, "Yes!" So we go to Kansas, and Dorothy is seventeen, turning eighteen, almost her birthday. I like her Aunt M here, played by Mary Carr. Um, you might say it's a wig, but I really like the way Aunt M is depicted here. She does look very much like Aunt M. But Uncle Henry, he's labeled as a distant relative, and he's one big uncle. Yes. We see the farmhands here. Um, Oliver Hardy plays... Well, there's Oliver Hardy, Larry. Um, We're shown uh, another farmhand who is called Snowball. And he's shown eating a watermelon, which is a racial stereotype from those times. And he's billed as G. Howe Black, which is not really his name. His name is actually Spencer Bell. He suffers a lot of blows in this film. Yeah. Um, now, you already mentioned Oliver Hardy playing one of the other farmhands. Now, this is a younger Oliver Hardy from when he was doing films with Stan Lowell. He's thinner, much younger, and he has no facial hair. So, he he's almost re- unrecognizable. Because he doesn't have any recognizable traits that we associate with him. There's a lot of antics some sort of love triangle between Dorothy, Larry, and Oliver. Um, a lot of farm animals, stunts, um, antics, all of that sort of stuff, and a sort of revelation about Dorothy's character. She's not from Kansas. Um, her Uncle Henry is not her uncle. She's from somewhere else. She was given to Aunt Em on... The doorstep as a baby, one stormy night, with an envelope saying it should be opened on her 18th birthday. Uncle Henry was going to open it that night, but um, some thunder and a scary face in the window warned him not to. Back in Oz, wherever this is... Prime Minister Cruel wants the papers so that he can keep on being a dictator or being a tyrant over Oz. A wimpy tyrant, but still. He has Ambassador Wicked go to Kansas to collect the papers, which Uncle Henry refuses to hand over because, well, he might not be the kindest uncle to Dorothy, but he's still willing to protect her. Mm-hmm. So he's not too bad, after all. He's one of those um, rough exteriors, soft interior kind of folks. And... Dorothy says to Larry that he will be the first she tells when she finds out who she is, which doesn't really help the competition between him and Oliver, or the love rivalry. Ambassador Wicked and his men um, threaten Dorothy's life if they don't get the papers, and Oliver sort of gives them a hand. They say that he's a villain in this film. I don't really believe that as well. Yes, he does do a few bad things, but I don't think he's a villain as much here. Yeah, they've dug up the papers, and there's a big slap. There's another slap to his stick chase scene. But 
really Dorothy's put in danger. Larry manages to save her, but then a cyclone that looks much more like a hurricane whips up, practically destroys the farm, and managed, and everyone, except for Aunt Em mysteriously, hides mm. out in a little shed or something that gets carried away to Oz. Except for Snowball. He winds up running to Oz through the air, so we're her being chased by lightning. It's just a shame we don't see Aunt Em anymore. I would have liked to have seen what would have happened to her. Yeah. One reviewer I read suggested that maybe she's going, that maybe she stole the ruins of the farm and went to Vegas to play the slots. And Sam, you read a different review that came up with something else. Um, the reviewer didn't say um, specifically what happened, but they came up with the idea that maybe Antem had a heart attack from everything that was happening. Yeah, poor lady. But it's really sad she's not seeing it again, but it's not like we can change it. Not like we'd want mm. to. But now we are back in Oz. Dorothy has come back to her home. She reads the letter saying that she is Princess Dorothea and to ascend the throne on her 18th birthday, signed by Pastoria. Which must be from the play. Although not the play, really. Rather than the actual Pastoria, who's Ozma's father in the books. But, you know, this story is so mixed up at times. It's hard to say what's from one source for sure, you know? Yeah. Now... Let's see, Prime Minister Cruel tries to blame Dorothy's disappearance on the three farmhands. Now, they manage to hide and escape, and the wizard manages to come in and try to save him, because he's really a good guy at heart. Mm. And when he sees that they've disguised himself as Larry's uh, now a... A scarecrow. And this is the only time... That we actually see this scarecrow stretch and yawn, as described in Elfenbaum's book. Because the scarecrow cannot sleep, so he can't yawn. Maybe stretch, but he can't yawn because he doesn't breathe. And Oliver Hardy becomes a tin woodman. This manages to frighten the guards away. For a second, and Uh. they get blasted with the cannon, and are all taken inside the Palace of Oz. Uncle Henry's made the Prince of Wales, probably a little joke about him being fat. Mm-hmm. Oliver Hardy's character is made Prince of the Garter, while Snowball and Larry get thrown in prison. Yay for justice! Yeah. So, I mean, this really is screwed up here, because we see... The movie become something entirely different altogether. Dorothy almost tries to defend her friends, but in the end she's just taken away by some ladies in waiting to be prettied up, and Prince Kind just doesn't really try to believe the good guys. He's he's got the looks, but not exactly the brains. He just isn't the right kind of prince in his actions. Yeah, he might be called Prince Kind. He might be a handsome man, but really, he's useless. Prince Star. So in the dungeon or cellar below the palace, there are these pirates or bandits with 
um, a tar bath, lots of boxes, a cage or cell of lions. But the wizard tries to help Larry and Snowball by giving him a lion costume, which looks familiar. Yeah, it looks like it could have been used in the original musical or one of the earlier silent films. Which, if that's true, maybe Frank J. Baum managed to work something out there. But I'm not sure. It does look a lot like it. But still we get some more antics, stunts, chases, jokes, you know, all of that stuff. For, you know, which you could easily fast forward um, on a DVD player. Um, and as a fan, if you really wanted to, you could cut these things out to make it move faster. But, you know, maybe they should have cut it better in the first place. Larry tries to warn Dorothy that they are trying to cross her, but, yeah. She more or less um, ignores him. Oh, she doesn't really take action. She doesn't develop her character or do anything that's princess or queen-like. It's good that we see some real lines here, which is a rarity in Oz films, but, yeah, none of them act scared. Mm. There's one scaredy cat... And he is mistreated entirely. But eventually, we are out of the dungeon. There's a fight with uh, Prime Minister Cruel and Wicked and a soldier and Prince Kind. And Larry manages to save Prince Kind. Uh, yeah, um, Prime, Minister, Prime Minister Cruel tries to make a move on Dorothy, and which Prince Kind fights him for. Then when he's cornered, Scarecrow comes to Kind's rescue twice. And Cruel is somewhat defeated, and he comes up with this lame explanation for Dorothy's removal. A hostile factor was against her. Yeah, like, there was a bunch of people who wanted to get rid of the rightful queen. Really? No one believes that, dude. You're out of here. So, Larry gets a little bit of thanks... I thank you, kids, from Dorothy. But she goes off with Prince Useless. I'm, I mean, kind. Yeah. And then Wicked and Oliver come in and they start chasing and trying to fight Larry because they're obviously still mad at him. But Larry manages to get away and... Snowball comes to the rescue for once. On with a plane. plane. Mm. We don't know where he got that. We don't know where he's going with it. Maybe he wants to get back to Kansas because this place is messed up. Hmm. Well, at least Snowball acts like a true friend as well as Larry. Because they're... Actually, Larry and Snowball are the only two really good people who do something here in this film. They are. But unfortunately, they can't save the movie. Hmm. Snowball comes to Larry's rescue. And Larry manages to climb on a rope ladder up the airplane, but right when he's about to get on the top, the ropes break and he falls down and cut back to the little girl and her grandfather. The scarecrow doll, the L, falls over. She gets up from, it looks like she fell asleep because apparently she got bored with all the running around and slapstick antics. <laughs> Then she picks up the dolls and take him, takes them upstairs, where she's apparently going to cry because this isn't the story she knows. 
And then her grandfather looks at the rest, uh, looks at the end of the book, which says that Dorothy and Prince kind of happily ever after. Which you're like, really? And we get some new credits um, that explains or sort of gives credit to the new music. Previously on the unrestored version, it had that bubbly music seen on the Scarecrow of Oz, World of Oz DVD. But here it has a bit more of a more classical music that sometimes sounds like Tchaikovsky, The Nutcracker, and at times a little bit of MGM, which yeah. did take some notes from classic um, tunes. Yeah. And this classic tune does seem more in line with the Chadwick film with certain beats or scenes of the film. Yes. It really fits it pretty well. That right now this music we're talking about is on the releases from Warner Brothers, which it, which is probably the better the best version out there right now. I never really of course I never gave thought to this before when I first watched it, but when I when I sometimes read reviews or storylines of the this film, um, they said that how maybe the toy maker is Larry Simmons' character. Like, he did survive his fall and just wrote the story so that he could remember Dorothy, his lost love, so to speak. That's a nice one. I mean, after all, we did see characters survive some pretty big falls in this movie already, so you never know. But now, with him being the writer, director, and actor in the film, I can't help but feel as though Larry Simmons... Larry was a bit vain, maybe, like intent on doing a film his way. Like I've I've read from Oz Before the Rainbow that he thought audiences might like something new, but it's um it's not really a Dorothy Wizard of Oz film. It's more like a Larry Simon fantasy, loose fantasy adventure film. Yeah. Oh, um, it's worth knowing that while this film did get a little bit of release, the thing is, is that distri- a lot of people did not really want to carry it, and actually, the production of this film bankrupted the studio, and they had to close. This mm. film killed its studio. <laughs> There's no better way to put it. Ah, uh, well. I hate to say they deserved it for making this, but they did. Mm. It is a bad film. It's not... I, I myself, personally, can't say it's the worst film. It has a few good points, but it's not really all that good either. Yeah. Now... Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and talk about the cartoon? Good. Now, in 19... 19- in the early 1930s, there was this anime called Ted Eschbog who would produce cartoons, and he did quite a few of them. However, this one, The Wizard of Oz, was... I guess it had this scenario written by Frank Jocelyn Baum, and it's a loose adaptation of Baum's story, but it's much closer to the book than the 1925 film. 
Uh, now, unfortunately, they filmed it with Technicolor, and because of the dispute with the Walt Disney Studios, they were not able to release it. And there was only a, there was only a black and white print available until Fred Meyer of the International Wizard of Oz Club got it restored. However, it, it even this new color print that there was created is still public domain. So, mm-hmm. it... It still look. It actually looks like it was color released in color in the 1930s, even though it wasn't. Oh. So yes, and so I guess we're going to do a little audio commentary for it here because we're going to watch it live. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have we start with this um, introduction, like these text screens, saying um, how this film was made. Um, I always thought it was Ted Eshbal, not Eshbog, but... Whichever uh, it's pronounced. Yes. So it talks about, like, what you just said, it's lack of exhibition, copyright issues, and then we have this little storybook introduction in The Land of Oz. Only here it says the story is by Colonel Frank Baum. Well, but, yeah. Frank J. Baum did serve in the army, so... Oh, Yes. And it's unfortunate that this film, the little short, isn't restored. We see the full image, but it really needs a restoration. Yeah. And we open in black and white with Dorothy sitting on her couch. There's Toto. And he drops a little stick in front of her. There is no Aunt Tam and Uncle Henry, unfortunately. We don't see him. And then Dorothy... Thunder. Yeah. Well, I'm a little off here. Boom! There's a thunder. Okay, there we are. There's a tornado. Dorothy wears a very short gown, doesn't she? It shows off her little frilly panties. And the tornado picks up the house, and Dorothy and Toto fall out of it, and as they fall, they turn into color! And right on top of the scarecrow. Well, that gets with the crows, then. Yeah. Did you notice how when the tornado streaks across the screen, there's one chicken that kicks another chicken yep (laughs) (laughs) and this this is a pretty good short like it's could do with better picture but um there's a lot of charm here there's a lot of a lot of crows fly out of scarecrow's hat and so there are no good witches or wicked witches here no yellow brick road but there is the scarecrow the tin woodman and they actually do a nifty little story saver here where the oil can is the, scarecrow, is the Tin Woodman's tin funnel hat. And the Scarecrow uses some of his straw to brush off the rust on him, which quickly restores him to a shiny state. Mm-hmm. And then, right after they oil him, the... Look! It's the Emerald City! One short day... I'll better not say that. One short walk. To the Emerald City. Yes. And now we see a lot of good animation here. They're on this bridge with all these birds and bees and flowers. It's very really lovely. Mm, but um, I can't help but feel a little bit naughty when I watch this because this depicts Oz more as a land of love, as mentioned at the end of TikTok of Oz, the book. But it's a little bit cheeky, don't you think? Yeah. When we see all the animals and birds. You see two bees flying to a flower. They close it. 
And then suddenly outside of it, there's a whole bunch of other flowers. I saw another Ted Ashbaugh cartoon, and he had a similar joke in there. Except it was with penguins and an igloo. And then they enter the Emerald City. A peacock gate, uh, which is impressive. And we see here one of the early influences to MGM, Dorothy going onto a carriage, riding yep. in the Emerald City. And there's a little... They have a celebration, but... What's to celebrate? Yeah. I guess they already just like Dorothy, after all. Mm. Or every day is a parade day in Emerald City, which must be pretty impressive for the people not to get ex- tired about. It's a joyous little country here. And there's mm. also there was also a little ABC serpent, from which is kind of similar to a Ruth Palmy Thompson creation. And oh, it says, and welcome. That. And then when Dorothy walks across it, the word letters welcome turn into Dorothy. Mm. Now, there's a little magician in the window that some people say is the oh, Wicked Witch, but I don't really think it's supposed to be. No, not at all. Now, um, Toto so, even yes. has a little march here, and there's all these little dogs after him. Mm-hmm. So now everybody's welcomed them to the Emerald City. This quadruple set of armor is singing. They don't have a body, but the armor Hail is alive. to the Wizard of Oz, to the Wizard of Oz, he'll lead the, lead the way. <laughs> and now we get to a part of the film that I did not like. Like, the friends step into the palace. There is no cowardly lion, so to speak. I showed this to my... I watched this with my friend Angelo Scantura. Um, he likes a bit more of the Judy Garland MGM Oz than I do. The wizard's a crazy old man. <laughs> and there is no Cowley Lion. Like, he was surprised at that, and I share his disappointment. Yes, the, the wizard is a creepy guy. He's got this airy little laugh. He's got this cauldron with smoke, a pointy hat. I don't really like the way we see the close-ups of these characters. This is the one time Dorothy does not look good in close-up. He whips up little chairs from the sit on Toto whips his little booty against a dog chair. And then he whips up these little dolls that start dancing he, for him. He whips up these eight um, top hats that have one bunny appear. Eight bunnies transform into eight little girls or dolls. They do a dance changing from blue to pink, back to blue, and then they dis- disappear, Into the, as well as the hats. And then he matches up a chicken, and then who kicks over a bottle of potion that Toto starts licking up. Don't do that, Toto! It's to be antifreeze! <laughs> and then he so suddenly chicken- swats like a chicken, and the chicken lays a bunch of weird-looking eggs. That One- have very strange creatures that could be loosely related or based on the colliders. We have a, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven eggs, one of which is tiny. First egg has a giraffe duck, a monkey chicken, a pelican with hind legs of an elephant, a head of an elephant with a chicken, a dragon with a chicken, a tiger chicken, and a, a tiny egg, which he's puzzled out. Ah, cut it out, cut it out! So the chicken doesn't want the wizard to crack this egg. Um, some storylines have said this is Berlina. 
I kind of doubt that. Um, the ace knight starts growing huge, and the ten woman tries to break it, but it breaks his axe. Toad starts running, and Dorothy chases after him. The scarecrow starts giving the yeah. ten women all sorts of other things to beat it with, but they all break as well. And this is, we see we hear Dorothy say Toto, but she's got a funny voice yeah. for a girl. Toto's taking the wizard's wand, and the wizard's trying to chase after him, but he gets a little sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Now he's chasing them around the giant egg there, which is growing bigger and bigger. And finally, Toto runs up with the wand to the Tid Woodman, the who's just broken another axe. The egg's getting bigger. It's taking up the whole room. Dorothy, the wizard, and Toto running Boom. around the egg. And uh, then the Tin Woodman uses the wand, hits it, and the egg cracks open, and there's this teeny tiny chicken in there. Everyone looks around as the mother hen holds the little chick and starts singing. And they all join with, When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby cradle and all. The Wizard of Oz! And then the book. Then shows the book and goes to the end and the book closes. When you first saw this film, what was your reaction and expectation? I first saw it on a videotape, and I didn't really know what to expect. I thought maybe it might resemble the book, but it didn't, so. But I was like, you know, it it, it doesn't really resemble the book, but it's a lot Aussier than the 1925 one. I first saw this film, not, well, not film, but short, cartoon short, on the single disc 1999 DVD of The Wizard of Oz. They had only the some of the first half, like the title, Kansas, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Woodman. They did not have the scene or short where the Scarecrow throws, where Dorothy and Scarecrow play fetch with Toto. And that's a scene I did not like. So it wasn't until the 2005 set that I actually watched more the whole short and well um i was a little bit disappointed like yes it's a love like um i was i've seen a lot of disney shorts beforehand you know like the silly symphonies merry melodies of looney tunes that sort of thing and um when i saw the making of Snow White, how they were making the first feature film. They showed a segment of Babes in the Woods, which had a Wicked Witch in that similar design. And I was expecting a Wicked Witch to look like that, but nothing at all. Um, it would have been, and there's no Kali line, what a disappointment. So, and the wizard, he's. Uh, kind of scary. Yeah, creepy. He does get a little playful, so you kind of get the idea, okay, he just looks creepy. He's actually a nice guy. But he doesn't look... He doesn't... Okay, he looks like a wizard, but he doesn't look like the Wizard the wizard of Oz. <laughs> At least he actually is the title. He is a wizard. But, yeah, I'm just disappointed. Dorothy doesn't have any guardians at home. She doesn't slap a lion. She doesn't meet any good witches. She doesn't melt a witch who could have easily looked like the witch from Disney's Babes in the Woods. And yeah, just 
the first half of the cartoon is good, but the second half is just a shame. Like, Dorothy is stuck in Oz. She hasn't done anything good or... Her character doesn't get to be defined. Mm. Yeah, Ted Eschberg, I he wasn't really great at doing films that made a lot of sense character-wise. Like, okay, I meant I saw one of his other films, which is called The Snowman, and it's about this this little Eskimo kid who lives with all these animals in the North Pole or somewhere where it's really cold, and they build a snowman that suddenly turn, comes to life and turns evil and starts attacking them. They finally have to melt it. Perhaps this guy just did not make cartoons that made a lot of sense plot-wise were really strong on building characters. This film is much closer to the book and has some better depictions than Chadwick, but it is not really the... It's not perfect. Like, the second half could definitely have done with a change or some different writing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's nice and whimsical enough, and I suppose about this time it was pretty much what you might expect from seeing it in Oz book with, with Ruth Palmy Thompson running the series at the time. Although, I, although she actually did much better on plots. But, yeah, it was... It wasn't a, it's such a great Oz story. It's a fun little cartoon, but it's not a great Oz story. Were you disappointed this had no lion, witches, or anything substantial that included family? Well, I suppose so. But the thing was is that I'd actually found it on a, on a tape at a video store. And I was actually like, wow, there's a rare Oz thing in Springfield that I actually found. But... Yeah, it was a little disappointing to to not have those elements there. But it could have been worse. Much worse. At least the wizard didn't turn evil and try to kill Dorothy and her friends. Mm. So, would you recommend uh, people checking these two films out for at least history's sake? If they can rent it, that's a possibility. Depending on how big on all they are, that how much they really like it. Well, yeah. Okay, like, well, let's see. Warner Brothers has made both of these available on the 2005 and 2009 deluxe sets. So, the chances are that people who really like Oz already have them in their collection because they bought these nice DVD or Blu-ray editions. Mm. So, chances are you probably have them, folks. The Ted Ashbow is one of the better adaptations than Chadwick. Um, Chadwick is an actual movie, unlike the previous films. Um, but, you know, actually, it's hard for me to recommend these two. Maybe a watch, yes, but hard for me to really recommend them. Hmm. Well, that's the way it is. Now... Uh, there was a 1932 film, The Land of Oz, with the Megalin Cities, but I haven't been able to see that, so we can't really evaluate that. Mm. But... Um, it's been said that it's not based on the original book. I heard that it was called The Scarecrow of Oz. I but... read an excerpt, and it does have elements from The Land of Oz in it, but it's also very loose. Mm. So, yeah, but I would like to see it. 
and maybe someday it will be released. But until then, I can't really comment on it. Mm. Now, the next movie that's coming up that we'll be talking about... I know, they made the Wicked of the West green, they changed Dorothy's shoes to red, the... Land of Oz being a dream. Mm, I don't know, maybe we should just, you know, skip that one. <laughs> I don't know, do you think people would just do that one, skip that one? Well, I don't think so. Don't It'd think be unfair. It would, it would, ah oh, well. well. So anyway, we can... Do. We can make it, and if people don't want to listen to it, they cannot listen to it. Hmm. Okay, well, until then, okay, and, wow, uh, who played Dorothy in that movie? Oh, um, oh, I forget, uh, Francis Gum, um, Shirley Temple, Diana Durbin, oh, some, um, G, G, Judy, Judy Garland. Huh? That it? Who? <laughs> okay, folks. Well, yep. The next one will be Imogen's 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz. Tune in for that one, and we'll see what we do with it. So, I hope um, you've been able to enjoy this um, talk on the lesser quality of the Oz films. Before 19... 19- 39 and many other better versions so we will get back next we'll time be back. we'll be back <laughs> oh how we'll be back so <laughs> i have no idea why we just did that well maybe because we're a little excited uh-huh. well anyway we got done with this one <laughs> Well, if you folks did not enjoy these talks, this talk about these two adaptations of Oz, we apologize. They're not the best, but we do have some better ones coming up. We've got a classic, and hopefully you'll still enjoy what we had to say. See you next time. To Oz? To Oz. Wait, 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 wait. We don't want to get sued. No, no. So, so we'll just say Oz, bye. Yep. Oz? To Oz. Oz, Oz. Oz. Wonderful wizard. Absolutely. Coming up next, the classic Oz. Yes, the one you all know. Mm -hmm. All right. This has been Jared Davis. Sam Malazzo. Thank you for listening.